Ashley on Strangers Rolling Dice. The party has come a long way in a little more than a week. Their search turning loose more and more leads, getting closer to their quarry. Even when some trails went cold, others sprang back to the forefront of the investigation. Forward most in the minds of the group as they descended the steps through the trap door in the old Soulmore Manor. The creature. Here was a creature they hadn't seen hide nor hair of since their trek out the Balgol Peninsula. The creature they had come to know as the Blizzard. Here it lay, its talons unmistakable, but dead, being devoured and returned back to nature, much like the bones of this old house. Why was it here? Here where Molly had last been seen. Other questions buzzed in their minds. Where were the victims of the Koyar Lighthouse incident? Where had the captives of the battle for Balga Watch been taken? What of the shattered bones and burned out basement here? Who was this dead teenage boy, armored like a warrior priest, laying in the caverns below the manor? They contemplated these things, moving deeper into the caverns, until they smelled and felt sea spray and heard the crashing of waves nearby. Now, in the dark, by a light of a torch, a figure emerged from whence the crashing waves sounded. Lurching towards you is Joby, the boy you killed in the graveyard, his clothing white like the mourners at the leap, drenched, sopping wet, and shaking as he reaches for Crow, roll me initiative. Heck. I'm going to use one of my two foolishness points to re-roll oh, really? initiative. I will allow a re-roll of initiative. I will allow that. You can okay. use your mark of heroism to re-roll pretty much any die roll in the game. Uh, ten. That's yeah, three yeah. better than your seven. <laughs> I, I had two of the points, so I figured you know. Yeah, okay. I won that one to burn. Fourteen okay. for Karzalek. Alright, alright, alright. 12 for trees. 12 for 12. As well. And what's your initiative modifiers, both of you? Initiative is three. Minus two. So, trees first. Okay. Bart on. So, Crow's going last amongst the group, which kind of makes sense. You know, being confronted with this. Unable Crow to. Crow yeah. has a 10, 10 total. Yep. Okay, and then Karzalek. Is a 14. He's the 14. I see. He's okay. the 14. And now I will roll for Joby. For Joby. Okay. Now I'm going to use the sort function here. Oh boy. Round one, lurching towards you, Joby reaches his hands out, and he staggers up to you. Crow, what is your armor class? It is. 
A mighty 15. 15. Okay. He reaches out and grabs onto your clothing. And he grabs your clothing and then pulls you close and punches you in the neck. Crack. Oh. And you're going to take some damage now. Certainly <laughs> it is. be a fake out. Um, that's true. <laughs> I like to shake the bag yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Mm, what's going to happen to you? <laughs> okay. You are punched in the neck and you feel something crack as you take 18 points of bludgeoning like damage. Holy moly. That is and a large he number. reaches back with his second hand for another swing. I may be using shield on this one, so don't tell me right. the results. Okay. I'm actually not sure when I can use that, if it's uh, after or before result. We, maybe you should look it up. I've yeah. rolled my die. Okay, let me... not tell you yet. Let me look that up. I've never used it, so... When you take... which uh, It's one reaction when you're hit by an attack. When I'm hit by an attack. Okay. Okay. So your right. armor class is 15. This would be yep. another hit. Okay. I'm going to use shield, which raises my armor class to 20 for this attack. Wow. Okay. Actually, until my next turn. Would you have been next able to turn. do that on the first attack? Yep, but I didn't. And the hand is off the chest piece. There you go. Okay. Well, that is enough by a little bit. A 20 is enough. Um, okay. <laughs> and the, he's just sort of grasping at your clothing, and you can see that there's, like, seawater pouring from his mouth. Um, like, more than you would expect. He's sputtering. Um, okay. Next up. Round one. Karzalek Grotze. All right. So Karzalek, in the, a little further in the room with Bart, hears... Clearly something's going on. So he's going to dash right to the entrance and he's going to see, he, he can't believe what he's seen. He can't even process at the moment. I don't think he realizes this is Joby because right now all he knows is crows in a pinch and without thinking, he's just going to come right up and seeing at him grasping at crow, he's going to raise his long sword high up and just bring it straight down, aiming for his arms like okay. with the gold in his head. I'm going to hack this guy right. off. All right. All right. So just one attack coming in. That is a 17 on the attack. Roll. That will be a hit. All right. And coming in for... Ooh, that's not... That's not that six. And that's 10 points of slashing damage. 10 points of slashing damage. Okie dokie. And you rend a great wound into his arms. And you notice as soon as you pull your blade away that there's blood on it, but he seems not to be bleeding out of his wounds. Interesting. Okay. Um, with that attack, I will apply an unwavering mark on ah, this little Joby here. This is a situation where the mark is going to be really interesting, because if he makes an attack against anybody but you, then you get what? An attack of opportunity, or...? Uh, not even... I get a free attack, free attack. with advantage, and um, wow. the damage... Um, it deals extra damage equal to half my fighter level. 
but also Njobi has disadvantage attacking anyone Ooh. else. It's not ours. And, and I mean, like, that's a really cool mechanic. And Joby, the character, however in his mind works right now, can't possibly know that, you know? Like, mm -hmm. so I want to ask you, Jesse, what does it look like or sound like or manifest like in the world? It doesn't have to be a magical thing, you know? This is you marking this person and being like, come at me. So what, is, what does that look like? You bring down your sword and how do you draw oh. the attention of Joby? Absolutely. So Kars, being a guardsman, it is his job to, you know, protect those around him, whoever they are, he deems, you know, he needs to protect. So he, ta he takes this swing, he strikes Joby's arms and he's in a, he's in a full stance. His shield is up, his sword is up. And he's just like, it's like, you leave her alone, you come at me. And he's doing as best right. as he can, keeping him yeah. within the five foot rule. He is trying to be in as uncomfortably close a space to Joby as yeah. possible. To You're just... trying to interpose yourself and you bring down the sword. And, you know, this is basically it looks like a zombie is like clambering against your friend. So it's, it's hard to get exactly in there, but you try to break it up after you bring down your your first attack. Do you have a uh, you don't have a second attack? Do you? You're, you guys are not four. yet, not yet. But no. he is posturing and he is trying to make it as clear that yeah. if Joby's if Joby has any business other than cars right now, Cars is going to see that that's not Got the it. case. Okay. Uh, end of your turn or anything? End you, of his turn. Uh, okay. Next in the order, Trees Rumble Mountain. Yes. So I see my friend get punched in the face really good. And I see my other friend come up. I look over to Crow and I say, shape up. We're by your side. Um, give Crow inspiration. Ah. Thank you. Which is a D6. Cool. As Sweet. trees will uh, slide along the cavern wall here. Uh, if I can squeeze to the other side yep. of Crow so that I, we're on either side. Yeah, you're um, flanking now. Yeah, I will pull out my rapier. And with one hand it and the the loot, or no, the, the octopus skin drum in my other hand, I will start tapping it with my hilt. And um, I would like to summon a phantasmal force image. Oh. oh I would like okay. to summon the image of Joby's former lover, Marna, embracing him Whoa. in one final embrace. Whoa. Okay. Let's take a second and read over this long spell here. Right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You craft an illusion takes root in the mind of a creature that you can see within range. The target must make an intelligence saving throw. On a failed save, you create a phantasmal object, creature, or other visible phenomenon of your choice that is no larger than a 10-foot cube that is perceivable only to the target. The duration. You've cast enough charms on people and, you know, gotten out of enough uh, sticky wickets outside of bars that you've played and such that you know what it's like when something is fascinated by something that you've created out of this illusory magic. And you just, it, it, it seems like this creature is just still uh, almost feral in its uh, pursuit of violence. Like it's not, it, nothing happened to it. Uh, I lean over its shoulder and whisper to Crow, uh, I think this thing's a bit fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, Doesn't that'll be my turn. turn. Okay. Yeah. Next 
in the order, is Bartholomus Fudd. And we lost the audio here, but Bart summons Ibby. Uh, he has advantage because pack tactics, so. Alright. Two attacks, first one's. Okay, second one's an 18 plus. What's the, what's the first one? Uh, first one's a 6 plus 7. Which is the total of 13. Yep, and the second one is 18 plus 7, so 25. Both of those are hits. Oh, okay, okay. Your dog latches right on to this human man and goes to town. So roll two attacks worth of damage. Oh, it's just it's just one attack with advantage, not two attacks. Is what it is. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't tell you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were rolling two attacks. Well, yeah, I, I'm getting confused here because the other party I run has two attacks. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we're not there yet. We're close. We're you're not close. there yet. So, um, okay. Ibby attacks the creature. Yes. And you get two high rolls, both of them good enough to hit. All right. Go ahead and do your damage. All right. That is going to be eight plus, no, it's five plus six, so 11 points of piercing damage. Be 11 points of piercing damage. All right. No, no, no. And you see as well um, the... The wounds do not seem to draw blood, but, you know, the flesh is easily rent. Okay. Okay. That's Bart's turn. If that is the end of your turn, then we are at the last turn of the round. Crow. Uh, you probably noticed that Crow is just totally focused on Joby, not even really noticing all the attacks going on around her. And she just shakily pulls out her uh, short sword. And she kind of, her voice cracks, and she says, Joby, don't make me do this again. Just leave me alone. Stop following me. Wow. And she uh, tries to stab Joby. Okay. Make that attack. Seventeen. Seventeen will hit. Alrighty. So that will be... Uh, this amount of damage plus a sneak <laughs> attack. Aha. So that's five plus. Five plus two is. Oh, wait. Five plus two. Yeah. Seven. Seven piercing damage. Yep. Got it. Okay. And you drive a dagger into his chest, but he remains upright. Okie dokie. Round two, top of the order, Joby's turn. And he begins to expel the last of the seawater from what must have been inside his lungs as he sputters. Uh, but you notice that with all the noise he's making, he does not inhale. Um, and then a glare fixes upon you, Crow, as you speak to this creature, and his mouth hangs agape, and he tries to form words and just grabs at you with both hands. And I need you to make me a wisdom saving throw. You do have a minus one to yep. wisdom. That is your dump stat. Um, 
Okay, so with a minus one, go ahead and roll me a wisdom saving throw. Alrighty, one second. And uh, Trees reminds you that you do have inspiration. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Drum roll. You're muted, Zach, so. Yeah, I had to run across the room to get my luckiest. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very Alrighty. important. Get a real die. Minus one yeah. to this. Ooh, um, that's an 11. I may use my inspiration here, I believe. Okay. And that's a 1d6, you said. 1d6 added to your total. Right, here we go. Added a 5, making that a, a 16. Very nice. Okay, you pass. Um, and you just see this shell of a person gazing into your eyes and you just see there's nothing on the other side um but when fear strikes your heart in that moment that we just heard you whimpering it seems to pass and you're not afraid of him anymore okay uh following that And he's just going to continue grasping at you, um, Crow, trying to, you know, maul you, it seems like. Punch and claw and grab at your clothing. Um, next in the order is Karzalek Grotze. Right, so Karzalek, seeing clearly, you know, Crow is shaken up. He just, he's coming in for another swing. In the meanwhile, he's shouting over right next to him, Come on, Crow, come to your senses! And with that, just we're going to come with a long sword slash. That is a 19 on the attack. That's a hit. You guys haven't missed yet. And seven points of slashing. Seven points slashing damage. Yep. Dealt and to I will keep reapplying that unwavering mark. Okay, this yeah. A... And notably, I just want to make it out there the wisdom saving throw that was not a targeted attack. So, correct. Yeah. Um, no, 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 it did not needed. apply to oh, that. And yeah, um, and just so you know, Ben, uh, it just I, I want to make it clear mm -hmm. that if he if he did attack and he was yeah. successful, even with the disadvantage and he missed, that yeah. does not proc the bonus attack. It's only got if he it. actually hits him. So Ooh, if yeah. he hits an ally, got I see. If he hits one of your anything but you, then he yeah. procs that attack. I gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Okay, so that's his turn. Um you swing, you attack him, and you deal some damage, and then we are back to trees again. Hey, uh, I shrug off the last failed attempt. And I look at him again. It's like, uh, you can't hit us if you can't see us. And I will try to blind him. Oh, okay. He's a con save. Interesting. Constitution saving throw. This is from, this I check spell. this one does work on undead. Blindness, <laughs> deafness. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was just checking his character sheet as well. Um, and what is the DC? 13? Uh, DC is actually 14. 14, right, because of your drum. Yeah, um, my we can, We'll figure out a way to get that into your character sheet as well. It there is a way. It's in my character sheet, but it doesn't go to the chat for some reason. Weird. Okay. Weird. That is weird. Uh, but he rolled not well enough. Um, yeah. No. 
<laughs> he didn't roll good enough, so he fails the save. And does that make him blind? Yes, uh, he's blinded. Uh, until for the duration, at the end of each of his turns, he can make another con save. Okay. On, on a success, the spell ends. I see. Wow. Um, he is right next to and grasping at Crow, but, you know, blindness does change things. Okay, is that the end of your turn? I slap him on the back of the head real softly, <laughs> and then I say to Crow, he can't see shit, we got him now, Bomb. and inspire her again. <laughs> oh, okay. Another inspiration. Yes. Okay. Uh, that'll be my turn. Well played. Bart Fudd. Okay. The classic Cheyenne Vasquez. Che, it's your turn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, long trying to make assumptions based spells. on things that I can't see and... Uh... Yes, yes, yes. What can your character see right now? Let's operate I can from see, that. Yeah, I can see. I mean, I can see this line, right? Right. And so, just description-wise, you can see Karzalek's backside yep. and Crow being grasped at clearly by Joby, who's just on the other side of Karzalek, who's shorter than Joby because he's a dwarf. Yep. Um, and you're shorter than Karzalek, so you're even you know you're looking up at this fight between two humans. Uh, grasping at each other and stabbing at each other while Cars like brings down a sword and trees blinds it and Ibby claws at it. Like it's a bit of a chaos and you're still holding a torch, I believe. Yes, my torch and my sickle. Um, yeah. I think I will just start off by trying to thorn whip this fellow. Snap my fingers and use my... Uh, Okay. Use my sickle as a focus and thorn whip attack this fellow. Very cool. That is a seven plus seven, so fourteen. Hit. Fourteen is a hit. Okay. Not the best roll, but doing okay. Doing okay. So it's going to take. You guys haven't missed yet. No, oh, the die is spinning. A oh. nice two points of piercing damage from that. Two points. Ooh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, uh, your your thorn whip arcs over Karzalek's head and grazes Joby just slightly. Okay, I'm going to choose to not pull it because that seems difficult. Okay. Considering they're you'll be pulling it through a five foot wide passage through one of your allies. Yeah, you know, it seems difficult. It would, it would not. <laughs> It would have consequences beyond the description of yeah. the spell. I mean, the guy is you know? blind, so maybe that would be fine, but who knows? I'll wait for now. But you'd be pulling him into Karzalek, you know? Yeah. That would be I could mechanically what would be happening. Yeah. All right, uh, then I'll go ahead and end my turn there, and then Ibby will go, attack with advantage. Okay. So there's a 13, and then a 10, so I believe that hurts. Uh, hits for 13 plus 7 is 20. Yep. So damage from Ibby. Yeah. That's max damage from Ibby, so that is uh, 14 Ooh. points of piercing damage from Ibby. Whoa. 14 points. Okay. Okay. Spicy. Munch a munch. Uh, more claws, more munching. Um, it's, I will say, uh, it, it seems like this creature is still upright and moving its muscles with surprising strength. Okay. 
Um, that'll end uh, Ibby's turn as well, who's just like, I don't know, I imagine hanging on to this thing's arm and just like, yeah, at it. Okay. yeah, doing what uh, the German Shepherd does, like, yeah, just like grabbed onto the arm. Yeah, okay. Um, next in the order, we got a crow. All righty, I think with all the encouragement she's getting and literal inspiration, I think she kind of wakes up a little bit mm. and she kind of gets a little mean expression and just uh, pulls out her other short sword and tries to stab him twice. Okay. And, you should um, have advantage on this attack, by okay. the way, because you question. are completely flanking this this character here. Alrighty. Here we go. A first attack. Uh, 23. We'll 23. All right, so the first attack will be uh, seven plus one for eight piercing damage. Okay, eight piercing damage. And um, the second attack is my bonus action offhand attack. Okay. Oh, a natural 20. Natural 20. <laughs> we were waiting for something like this for oh, you guys. Yeah. I imagine cool. if you were in this party, a crit would be a welcome relief right now. Yes, feeling good. Let's draw this crit card. And this is a short sword attack. Gonna be piercing damage. Piercing damage. Shoulder jab, maximum damage. So that is double maximum damage. Okay. The maximum uh, that makes it possible 12. you can crit for. Nice, okay. 12 piercing damage as you stab him clean through the shoulder. I see. Uh, as I'm stabbing him, I'm kind of like muttering, like, I'm not ready yet, Joby. Just like stabbing <laughs> him over and over. Now you're pissed. Okay. Uh, if that's the end of your turn, yes, it then is. it is the beginning of round three, and it's Joby's turn. And you feel your sword, just, it's a little funny as you pull it out of his body. And uh, I want Crow, you to make me a perception check. Okay. Perception, where are you? Uh, 14. Okay, with a 14, you can tell there's something not right about this creature's flesh. Like when you fought the skeleton in the swamp, when you, uh, you know, saw the arrows, uh, you know, hit, I, I think a, a ranged attack hit the skeleton at the cemetery, or you saw Bart even hitting the skeleton at the cemetery, the bones were brittle and broke. There's something more than just flesh and bone keeping this human body aloft, you know? Like you've damaged its muscles more than you think it should be able to like continue to function as it is. Good. Um, okay. So it's going to be its turn. And first, it is going to look once again into your eyes, Crow, and then reach out and try to um, grapple you. So we're going to need to do opposed athletics or acrobatics checks. It's just going to now stop raking at you so much and just try to fall upon you. Ready? Um, 
go. And that is an attack action. So. Recently researched this uh, earlier today, even. Um, you can, if you have multiple attacks, like this character does, you can spend one of those to grapple. You can spend both of those to grapple. You can do it in whatever order right, you want. But and this first attack is an action. Uh, roll with disadvantage. Okay, I may use my inspiration again. Um, okay. Yeah, I will, for sure. Go ahead and use it. Alrighty. Uh, that makes it a 17. A 17. Okay. Um, you just feel the strength of this thing is hard to deal with. It's something supernatural about it. It grabs onto you, and you feel its fingers, like, kind of just push into your flesh. Um, it's got a firm grip on you. And then is going to begin to drag you towards <laughs> the wall and squeeze by trees, provoking the attack of opportunity from Karzalek. Okay, let's see. And that is a 24 on the attack roll. And for 10 slashing. 10 slashing, okay. And you, you rake it across the backside as it pulls Crow down the hallway and I will move you and it to where it winds up. I believe it will wind up provoking an attack of opportunity also from Ibby and from trees, if you so choose to make one. Oh, crew. And yeah, I got my rapier out. And these are all with advantage because it's still blinded. Yeah. Natural 20! Natural nice. 20, okay. Reese nice. is not letting Joby get away. <laughs> and what are you attacking? Uh, that's with a rapier, too. Rapier, right. You, you said you drew your rapier. We're banging yeah. on the drum with it. Okay. Uh, that's piercing damage. Again, right in the kisser. Maximum damage, and the target cannot speak for 2d4 rounds. Oh. Maybe better on a caster, but still, maximum damage, so double your damage. I, I and add your modifiers. That. Yeah, shut up, Joby. And you just so six times two in the is twelve. Mouth. Plus two is fourteen. Fourteen piercing damage, just right into his jaw. Um, okay. He rolled a um, sixteen on the advantage die, so that's a hit. Uh, Twelve points of piercing damage from Ibby's bite. Okay. Twelve points of piercing damage. Got it. Okay, and Crow, you've been dragged past a flurry of blows raining down on your captor uh, as it brings you to a corner, and you can hear the waves even louder here crashing. What must be a sea cave. Uh, you can see with your dark vision, there are casks of brandy and rolls, long bolts of silk cloth. Uh, looking like maybe ready to be loaded onto something or recently unloaded. And that's all you see as then a fist raises over your head and then attempts to punch your lights out. What's your armor class? 15? It is 15. That's a hit. Okay, okay. I'm gonna <laughs> use shield again. <laughs> shield again, okay. Isn't what, it uh, is blind. Um, but it's grappling her. Yeah, I mean, that's where I am. Oh, right. Grapple blind. Negative. Yeah. yeah got it. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's a 20 AC at the moment. Okay. Um, 20 AC. 
Fucking A. It, it had a 19 total. Okay. Yes. So, yes. Uh, <laughs> man. Okay. Ooh. And you just like, I think you, you're able to just like cross your arms and it, the, the, the blow lands on your arms over your face and like a small amount of that like uh, lack of light, the absence of light, their pulses and you block the blow. Um, okay. That was its turn. <laughs> and now, Karzalek, round three. Oh, shit. Okay. Save me. Save me. <laughs> um, it did not land an attack, so it hasn't triggered yeah. your thing yet. Special attack. Yeah. Also, we can roll its con save to see if it becomes oh. oh, yes. I forgot that. Thank you for reminding me. It rolled a natural three, uh, and even with his modifier, that is not going to be a It's still blind. Okay, okay. So, Karzalek, what do you do, dude? All right. Well, Karz just, first he's just like, he's going to come, he's going to sprint down this hallway towards Crow, shouting after this, Blast, foul creature! Come back here! And, <laughs> ooh, it's kind of an interesting situation because, hmm. So, Car, he's going to, yeah, he's going to come, he's going to be chasing straight yeah. down it. There's, and, there's like these half squares. So, like, on the map here. There's yeah. the five by five squares that you can occupy, but on this map, they're clearly not a full square. So my rule here is that there's going to be a penalty. Don't worry, I'm doing the math on my end. And on my end, I'll keep track of the numeric penalties for different types of actions when you are squeezing inside here. But there's just not enough space to stand and do, you know, a full swing of a weapon in the same way. If that makes sense. Um, okay. You're not forbidden from going in this square or this square or even this square that has 75% of it is is covered up. You can yeah. tell me you stand there, but I need to know roleplay-wise, like in the story, what does that look like? Okay, Cars actually, so he's going to squeeze in right next to here. So he's going to like kind mm -hmm. of wedge himself against this wall. And I'm going to ask the DM here, can yeah. Cars do a grapple check on Crow? You can absolutely do that and try to wrench her free if you'd like. Or yeah, at least essentially, like not to like play a human tug of war, but I imagine right? like- No, <laughs> like, not to do that, you know. Drawn and can totally do, do that, that right now. And cars just be like, like reach out, sound like cruel when he's like kind of just insinuating, like they grab my hand, like hang on, yeah. dude. Okay. Okay. How would you like me to execute this? Uh, roll me athletics or acrobatics and you can try to grapple crow. There's no rule against someone grappling a creature that has the grappled condition, you know? All right, here is athletics. Ooh, shit, that's a 13. Um, Crow, I imagine that you're not going to contest it though, right? No, definitely not. So you allow yourself to be grabbed yeah. without moving away in an acrobatic or athletic way, right? You're not resisting with your strength and you're not trying to dodge out of the way. So I guess your roll, you could have rolled a one and I probably would have still been like, that's stupid. Let's like, say that you grab her. You grab onto Crow. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Yeah, I guess. And the, right now, Cars' intent is, you know, he knows you got trees yeah. and bark coming in hot. So he just wants to try, you know, hold Crow sure. still for the moment. So holding Crow still, what was your result? Your, your die Th roll? A 13. Let's keep that number and we'll use that against the creature if it tries to pull it away and pull Smart. Crow away. Yeah. I like it. Good. A DC 13 athletics or acrobatics I'll, make, I'll write that down. Pull Crow away. Perfect. <laughs> I have, I'll attract for that as well. 
This is going to be very silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, if that's the end of your turn. Yep. Then we are at Trees Rumble Mount. I sheath my bloody blade um, and uh, rip out my claws and begin to climb the walls of this cavern to try to oh my God. crawl over and get in front of Joby. Okay. Uh, which I should these be able to do. Are, th- these walls are rough hewn and they're craggy, but they're slick. So I am going to need a climb check from you in this spurt of the moment situation to be able to like get yeah. over Joby. Yep, even with my climbing speed. Oh, yeah, because that's not because a great roll. Because they're slick. <laughs> what am I adding? Um, acrobatics or athletics, either way. Fabulous. Um, that did be a nine. Yeah, I think you can you can cling on. Um, you're having to use three of your limbs to hang on up there, and you got one free. Um, did you sheath or drop your rapier? I, I sheathed it, yeah, that was the first you thing sheathed I sheathed your rapier. Okay, so then you, you're up there, and you got one claw free, and you're up, you know, I'll, I'll just move you. You wanted to be, like, yeah, in front. here? Yeah. Like on, on top of him, basically, uh, over? Uh, basically, I would like to land in front of him, uh, using okay. my feline agility if I need to, and, okay. then, and then just basically pounce on him and try to tackle him with my right. action. And you, knocking you him drop down, you you kind of skitter over these walls, and there's like a moment where like a, a tuft of this algae clinging onto the wall comes free, and you like, oh, and you, you almost <laughs> fall for a second. But then you, you grab on with another claw, and you just skitter across the wall in a fast motion, drop down behind this character here. Surprise! Um, go ahead and Oh, take you can't that. see me anyways. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to tackle him. I want to knock him prone. Okay. Try to knock him prone. So that would be a grapple check, essentially, the same mechanic. Something um, like that. Good right? God, this is the, like, the stupidest so. thing. Which is advantage because it's still blinded, and right because it let's has disadvantage. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta read this. Oh, um, yeah, shoving using the attack action, you can make a special melee attack to shove, shove a creature. Yeah. And uh, if you you can make a strength athletics check against yeah. the target's strength or dex or acrobatics. Um, yeah. And if you win, you can either knock it prone or push it away. Yeah, so it's basically the same thing. It's a contest roll where you can choose either strength or acrobat- you know, athletics or acrobatics. And whoever has the higher number gets the result that they want. They're either knocked away, knocked down, or not. So I think we just roll off here. Right, Joby. All right. Ooh, okay. that's a 19. 19 plus, uh, for you. Plus 4 is 23. 23 does beat a 17. Okay. You knock this character here prone. What do you sweep the leg or just push him down? Uh, fully like uh, paws on the shoulders, knock him down onto the ground oh, like a okay. cat. You know, or like a. Like a like, what is it? Nala in Lion Nala. King. Nala, yeah, yeah, okay, I can figure <laughs> that out. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. boom, you're down. Okay, uh, so, and he's prone, laying on his back. Um, as I'm uh, laying still on Still clinging him. on to, to Crow, who I imagine you're sort of feeling pulled towards the ground now. I, I look up to Crow, and I'm like, uh, I, you seem to have seen better days, and give her a healing word. Nice. Level one. <laughs> is oh not great 
That's a one plus uh, three is four points of healing. Nice. Clutch. Okay. Yeah, that's my turn. All righty. Uh, let's keep it rolling here. Bart Fudd. All right. Whip. Everybody has less left Bart's line of sight, so Bart is going to move up. And dragged down the hallway the and whole, then running after them. The whole time uh, twirling his thorn whip lasso above his head. He's going to be like, you let go of Crow. And I will uh, thorn whip this thing again. Okay. Uh, 24. To hit. 20. Oh, is a hit. Surprisingly. All right. Uh, two more points of piercing damage. <laughs> but now... Chip it, chip it, chip it away. Now I will attempt to pull it 10 feet towards me. Okay. You pull it towards you, and it sort of clatters over Crow. Crow, I want you to roll me a dexterity saving throw as it's holding on to you to not be pulled prone with it as it's dragged across the floor. 21. Ooh. 21 will save. Yep. Okay. And this guy's dragged 10 feet. Yep. Okay. So he's right there. Boom. Dragged over and Crow, I'm going to say just situationally here, it releases its grip on you. Okay. Okay. Um, but there's like a jumble of people a little bit. You know, you guys are colliding with each other and really bumping elbows in this less than five foot wide space. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you, is that the end of your turn or is Ibby going to do something? Yes. Well, that would be after my turn. I'm considering a more thing. Right. I mean, it, it, yeah, but we, we I'll use, I'll use my bonus action. Your turn. I'll use my bonus action. I'm going to use something that I haven't used yet. But I've had it for a long time. It's uh -huh. a great time to use this. And I will uh, attempt to telekinetically shove this thing even closer to me. Oh my God! So telekinetic shoving now. Bart will, <laughs> Bart will then like raise one of his hands, and I was kind of envisioning kind of like you know like almost like a bending or something like a quad of earth is coming mm -hmm. up against this thing. So it needs to make a DC 15 strength save. Or what is this spell? It is not a spell. It is a feat. A feat? Yeah. What feat is this? It's called telekinetic. From Tasha's Cauldron. Everything. Okay, you took telekinetic. Interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool choice. Okay, so you shove this thing, and I, I love the idea of it manifesting because you're a druid in like an element. Yeah. Um. So the the stones underneath Joby's feet shift, and remind me of the the mechanic here. Then so you, I can uh, push it five feet away or towards me. It's a saving throw, not a contest, yeah. though. These be 15 saving throw. Okay, got it. I'll roll that. Natural 20. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so nothing happens. Yeah. You tried it. It was worth trying. Not a thing right now. That will end Bart's turn, and Ibby will step up on Ibby's turn and will attack this creature. Yeah. Okay, you like you shift the stones underneath its body, but it just it's it's too much right now. You can't pull yeah, them closer. That's a dirty. Do those Ibby attacks? Dirty twenty. Okay, Ibby hit. It's a natural seven on the dice. That is thirteen points of piercing damage. Dang. Okie dokie. Still kicking. He's soaking the dam. That'll be our turn. He's soaking that dam. So okay. Are done. Then it's crow. End of round three. Uh, she is just single-minded now, just going to try to stab him over and over until he is not okay. 
So, uh, first roll. And I have advantage for this. Uh, you should. You're flanking on either side. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. With Ibby now in the hallway here. The Ibster. Uh, he's also prone, right? Yeah. So all the advantage. You have advantage <laughs> anyway. Blind prone. Yeah, you guys are doing all the things that you can do to make him have a bad time. That's a um, 30 20 on the yeah. attack roll. Let's get that damage. All right. So five plus two is seven piercing damage. Seven piercing damage as another blow lands into this corpse. And if you looked at Joby right now, it would be pretty horrifying. Like, Flaps of flesh hanging off his body from where Ibby's been gnawing at him. Uh, even though there wasn't much blood in the corpse, the, the remaining bits have been spattered around this room and are covering your corpse. Uh, you're not your corpse, your bodies. <laughs> Maybe too, soon to be your corpse. Huh? <laughs> um, but it, it's like the, the flesh is not terribly old you know you remember when you killed him but it seems like a little rotted <laughs> and exsanguinated um right and now you've turned him into mincemeat almost uh and so i will actually if, continue the ginsu with my uh, offhand attack as well all right uh, which is a 22 <laughs> another hit. hit and that's a three piercing damage three piercing damage okay slice that's my turn. Okay. End of round three, beginning of round four, top of the order, Joby's turn. And you're all fixated on this creature that you're fighting now, and you're looking at these wounds, and everybody make me a perception check. Heck. Hey, uh, not bad there. 19 for the old Bartholomus. 19? Okay. 22 for cars. 22 for cars alike. 27 for trees. <laughs> and what for crow? Uh, 21 for crow. 21 for crow. Crow and cars alike. You are just, you're, you're fighting in hand to hand combat with this creature, and you've fought humans and dwarves and other humanoids before. You've even fought the undead. But it's clear that this abomination that you're fighting seems to have the ability to knit its own wounds as you see some of the wounds begin to stretch back together and a flap of skin goes and reseats itself onto his forearm ooh tasty um and let's see um I think Crow would just yell out, he's he's healing himself. So everybody sense. knows. Makes sense. Okay. Um he's gonna pull himself up and crack his bones in a horribly menacing posture and rise, and you almost feel like he's gained a couple of inches in height over the course of this fight. And where he reaches down to brace himself when he writes himself, you all see with these excellent perception checks, you see that the floor sort of changes and it changes in a palm print from stone to glass. And he stands and reaches out with a searing hand and attempts to grasp Crow. Damn Crow. 
you gotta get away. <laughs> you just keep, this thing just wants to. Play. You get hit. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. He's still blind, right? He's still blind. Yeah, I have, I have he's shield blind. Still. He, he is blind. One more spell slot. Um, I'll say that he he definitely seems to still be able to um, perceive where Crow is and go after Crow. Yeah, I've been to um, shout. Does he have disadvantage on his attacks though? Is what I'm getting. Um, at. I think, yeah, he did have disadvantage there, and he still rolled... What's your armor class? You shielded um, to 20? Now it's 20. Now it's 20? So with the 20, it's not a hit. Without the 20, <laughs> with disadvantage, it was a hit. And you Good feel, boy. again, as this black energy that you pull up in front of yourself negates his attack. You feel the heat pushing its way through, and you can see the palm of his hand is red hot with a white hot center. Hmm. Like um, okay. That is going to be his turn. Um, next, Karzalek Grotze. All right. Well, Karzalek is going to squeeze out of that nook right up to Joby again and to his shoulder, lean over to Crow and just, Crow, he's coming after you. You got to get out of here. Find a way to lead him to better grounds. And with that, he's going to take a swing at Joby. Okay. That's a nat 20. Okie dokie, three crits yeah. in this combat, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I, I was rolling hot warming up today. <laughs> What's that Love kind it. of damage? It's a, it's a sword here, so slashing? It's a sword, slashing. Okay, you get what you pay for. Maximum damage. And you and the target must make a contested strength check. If the target loses, their weapon is partially broken and deals one half damage until repaired. That condition does not suit this. Um, my, what I've learned to do, especially in my library sessions, is um, it's not satisfying to draw a card and have something like that come up where it it could be transmuted, so to speak, into something that made sense. So let's still do the strength check. Um, do I add my? What, do I add anything to this? You just so, add your strength modifier. It just says a contested okay. strength check. And okay. if the target loses, their weapon is partially broken and they deal half damage, I'm going to say that one of his limbs is partially broken. Okay, well, I just rolled a flat 10 with, or 10. with the modifier okay. 10, yeah. 10. Natural one. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. Wow. Oh, my God. Yes. For a total wow. of five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Damn it. Okay, well. Yeah, you slice off one of his arms. You like you hold it up, Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker style, <laughs> and press on it until eventually Joby tries to let out a scream, and you just cut off his arm. Uh, Dang. Do you roll your damage die? Double those and add your modifiers. All right. Okay, well, that's only a two on the damage die, so that's four plus four, so that's eight total slashing. Eight slashing damage as you remove a limb. And I will apply the unwavering mark, as always. Okay. But, okay. And yeah, so just, yeah, cards <laughs> just, I think it's, so it's obvious to everyone that Joby, Joby has his eyes. He only has eyes for Crow, it feels like. Yes, that, 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 that definitely seems to be the case. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Cool, cool. Okay. And that's my turn. All right. Next in the order. Trees Rumble Mountain. Right. Um, I don't know if he rolled his con save at the end of his last turn, 
I literally made a note and it's right here in front of my face. Roll a con save at the beginning of each turn. I didn't oh, do it. It's at the he end, rolled, but yeah. End? Okay, well, either way, he rolled a five. Yes. So, nope. All right. Um, so I will uh, see him bleeding out from the limb and be like, ah, that arm isn't looking so good. And uh, <laughs> tap a little bit on my drum and cast Bane. Ah. Say charisma save. Okay, charisma save coming up. DC 14. 14. Uh, yeah, probably just check his modifiers. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> seven won't do it. Okay, he fails. Right. Uh. Cool. Um, so I think, like, I don't know, maybe like some swirly kind of dark magic emanates around his face and just inhibits his ability to attack or make saving okay. throws. Okay. You're um, that's magically affecting him for sure. And then I just like step up and behind Crow to get a better look at what's going on, but leave okay. a little bit of room in case Crow wants to escape this way. Sure. Tight but quarters, but enough space to get by. Okay. Next in the order, Bartfoot. <clears throat> right. Uh, Bart is going to try to make eye contact with Crow. Is Crow paying enough attention to receive eye contact? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Bart is, I think yeah. Bart is going to just shout out, just be like, Crow, fall back. And we're going to telekinetic shove. I'm going to roll yeah. the ground underneath you. I'm going to move you five feet back. Cool. I will not resist this. All right. Go ahead and move to this square then. Now, it's forced movement. as far as I understand, this forced movement yeah. does not provoke an attack of opportunity. So you can, so you can effectively yes. five foot step people sure as an can. action on your as turn. As a bonus action. <laughs> as a bonus. Oh God, Jay. Yep. Okay. We disengage. Um. Yeah, plus, um, plus really, uh, uh, being blind, he wouldn't get true. 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 Oh, oh I mean. Not necessarily. Blinded does not say an attack negates all opportunity attacks. There's also the gray so, area in anyway. terms of whether undead see or not. Like, who knows? I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. I, and then I, I will tell you right now, this is something that you could even roll a knowledge check of some sort about and maybe find out. Yeah. But I know the answer in this case. All right. Um, um, I'm so, going gonna, gonna to hit with my thorn rip again. Hey, three damage this time. It's better. Um, like... One, here's some fr free knowledge for you. That's three damage, you said? Yep. Okay, three damage comes in. I want to I roll a knowledge, knowledge check. I was also. on the podcast. Okay, go ahead and roll the, the knowledge check while we're waiting for that result. Just to remind you guys something that happened to you that you as players should remember, at least Crow. When you were on the boat and you were yeah. invisible looking at the zombie, somehow it knew you were there. Yeah. Somehow. Uh, what type of check would this be, since knowledge is not a thing in this? Tell me show. what angle you're approaching it from. Okay. Um, uh, I can tell you, if you don't really, really don't know, I can give you an example. But Bart, Bart is going to use his, good. like, tr try to apply his uh, animal husbandry experience from raising animals and, like, treating okay. sick animals like that. Sure. He wants to just, like, look at this thing's eyes to see if it, like, actually is actively using them in response to things or if it's not. Sure. So uh, then, uh, I mean, if I'm using just my wisdom, I would get a 15. So like nature, maybe, oh, yeah. is what you're talking about? Or survival, something like that? Like survival could be farming, nature could be farming, yeah. like animal husbandry? So 16, then. Okay, a 16, you look at its eyes, and it, it seems like, though it's been fixing its face on Crow, um, the eyes are very still. 
and not necessarily uh, the sensory organ that is being used at this moment to seek its target. Okay. All right. Um, you recall a time that an entire litter, an entire, uh, I don't know what they call it, of, of, of hogs, you know, yeah, the entire eye gunk and went blind. They all had eye gunk and went blind, and that they would lead themselves around with their nose. Sometimes they would even look around and it seemed like they had an uncanny sense for what was there. And you're like, maybe he's smelling. Maybe there's something else going on. You don't really know, but it's definitely not his eyes. Yep. Uh, then Bart will end his turn by whistling at Ibby and like uh, shooing him forward. Okay. Ibby is going to zip around, boop, 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 mm-hmm. and take uh, Crow's old position in between Crow and the creature, and we'll make an attack. With okay. All right. Uh, that's a hit, and so yeah, one hit damage from Ibby. I mean, what are the numbers? Just so we we have it on, a 14, on file here. It was an eight and a fourteen. Yep, that's a hit. Eight and a four. Well, eight does not hit. Well, eight plus seven. So, so well, so what is your total to to hit? It is a plus. <laughs> the, the, the it's right plus one. seven. So tw- it would be a twenty-one and a fifteen. So a twenty-one and a fifteen are hits. Yes. But a fourteen and an eight. The eight would not be a hit. You can understand why I was confused. Um, okay, two hits. All right, deal that damage. That's max damage. So that is once again fourteen points of damage from Ibby's gnawing. Four. Nar, Nardens. Okay. If he is rolling rocks from his Nardens, yeah, yeah. So, I rolled like okay, end eight, of your turn. An eight, seven, six, and an eight. So yeah, yep, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, end of round four, Crow. All righty. Uh, noticing how the weapons are getting healed, the weapon wounds are getting healed. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of just step out so I have a line of sight, I guess, over Ebby. And okay. um, use a firebolt and see if that does any better. All right. Um, Roll that attack. That go. All right. Um, advantage still for this? Um, I don't think that you get advantage on ranged attacks against creatures that have one side covered here. I don't think gotcha. that counts. All blinded. All attack rolls against blinded creatures, though should have advantage um let's read the blinded condition my first roll was a 17 so we can a 17 is a hit i'll tell you either way attack rolls against the creature have advantage and the creature's attack rolls a disadvantage i would say in this scenario um you would even trees you would know like he should be blind but he's moving in regard to one person in the room in a way that does not suggest blindness. Really creepy. Yeah. I don't like this. So um, you do <laughs> f- two fire damage. Two whole fire damage, and then okay. uh, she will use the rest of her movement to, I guess, back into this room. And we're we're all about the knowledge right now. Go ahead and make me an Arcana check as oh, you sure. deal that fire damage. Yeah. Ascertain and whether or I'm not I'm definitely you trying to figure out if magic yeah. works when weapons don't. Mm-hmm. Um, Alrighty. It is a mighty 18. With an 18, you can tell that it's almost like when your fire uh, sort of like plunged into the the wounds that are still present in Joby's chest. Um, he, he began to steam like he's losing water content and uh, it, the structure of his body became even more uh, erratic and disassembled. 
You seem to think that the fire is having some sort of profound effect upon him. Uh, she'll just yell out, put him to the torch! There you go. And then get out of the way. Okay. Um, so she will kind of get to see a little of this room, I think, too. So. Yeah, you're running by a bunch of casks of brandy and a bunch of uh, large reams of silk. And then you come into a cavern that uh, widens quite a bit. And the passage leads into a cave that opens directly to the sea. The tide is out at present, and there is little water in the cave, but there is an obvious high water mark three feet above the floor. Pulled up onto the sloping cave floor is a small boat, perhaps large enough for eight people, with oars, a step-down mast, and a neatly furled sail. A rope tied to the bow is being held down by a large boulder that serves as an anchor. Additionally, you see that sitting on the front of the boat, the prow of the ship, uh, tucked into a little hook area hanging. There is a hooded lantern and what looks like a leather journal. Interesting. That's what you see cool. when you run into that big room. And, and also right. churning water and the black night beyond. Yes. So my, my thought is maybe I can kite Joby out to sea. <laughs> <don't follow> <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see. That's my turn. All right, end of round four, beginning of round five, it's Joby's turn. Okay. The Jobster is going to reach out and seeing that there are creatures in the way, or maybe not seeing, but feeling as he collides with your square, Karzalek, He's going to make two attacks against you, or he's going to attempt one with a stump. Do it. Oh, my goodness. Also, I... Okay, I mean, yeah, he rolled garbage on every roll and the disadvantage, and it's just not good. So he just... <laughs> he's blind, he's missing a limb, and... He's beat to shit now. You can really tell, like, his body is starting to come apart and it's steaming. Um, the flesh is beginning to fall off bone in some places. And he claws at you and you're able to just hold him off. Okay. Next in the order. Cars, you're up. All right. Cars, uh, having heard Crow's advice before she went to explore off, uh, hopefully, hopefully to find a quicker solution to end this fight, he yells over to Bart and Trees. Do you, either of you have any idea to light this thing up? And with that, while he's saying that, he's going to take another swing okay. with his longsword. All right. That is a 16. Mm. I, want to, I want you to know, Trees, that I rolled the last three times on the blindness. A four, a three, and now a two. Oh, my so God. He is still <laughs> blind. I'm feeling um, kind of bad. <laughs> so, and what's your, your attack, Karzalek? Sorry. Uh, no worries. Uh, 16. 16 is a hit. You guys have not missed him once. That is 10 points of slashing. Wait, did you, Bart? No, no. You we've had permanent advantage, basically, is what I was going to say. Like, right, permanent advantage. <laughs> I, I was gonna, you did, like, two damage one yeah, time, but it was still yes. a hit. Um <laughs> So, okay, and then, sorry, I've been talking over you twice now, Jesse. No, what, no, not at all. What uh, What was your damage? 
Um, a 10 point slashing with an okay. unwavering mark. And that's 10 my 10 point slashing with an unwavering mark. Okie dokie. Um, he's looking on death's door. Uh, next in the order is trees. You see on the other side of a smoky dog and your dwarvish companion, a shambling corpse trying to attack Karzalek. What do you do? Just uh, step forward. I'm like, why don't you just hang it up already? And uh, <laughs> do a vicious mockery. Oh. Uh, DC 14 wisdom save. Coming up. Uh, that's a 13 total. Not going to save. He even has a, a bonus to wisdom. Uh, oh, it does a whole four points of psychic damage. <laughs> four points of psychic damage. And Damn he it. already has disadvantage, but he has disadvantage on his next attack roll. You you feel like, for some reason, that attack didn't make purchase. His mind that you reached out to is blank. Uh, I just turned to the other, just like, I don't have any fire, and the, the stuff I do... <laughs> that guy's empty. <laughs> It's it's on people. You <laughs> light them up. People, you're you're a people person. I don't understand. Like yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you're prepared spells. Doesn't appreciate Not music. Great. <laughs> Doesn't appreciate anything that I'm doing for him over here. <laughs> yeah. Except the blindness. <laughs> Except the blindness. He's really blind. Trees, like super Trees blind. Just turns to the blind. camera and is like tough crowd. Tough crowd. <laughs> yeah, precisely. <laughs> That's great. Okay. So, uh, is that the end of your awesome. turn? Uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. All right. Um, next in the order, let's yeah. keep it trucking here. Bart, you're up. Bart has a torch. Bart steps forward has a torch. with his torch okay. and is going to jab. Make me a melee attack. Yeah, jab and boyo. Do fire damage. Yeah, um, that's a natural 18 on the die. I'll take it. That'll that'll hit, yep. and what I do for torch damage is one d four fire damage. Cool. Here we go. I thrust it into his rib cage and deal three points of fire damage. Okay. <laughs> uh, he he's burning from the rib cage now as you pierce him. him. But he's not fallen yeah. yet. Bart is gonna growl at him. Mm, return to dust, you abomination! Ibby, sick him! And Ibby is going to attack. Okay. Uh, that's a hit with 21. All right. Damage from Ibby, that's another six, so 12 points of damage. Okay, and describe your kill, Jay, as Joby falls. Uh, I think maybe I, like, push, push, uh, Bart steps forward and, like, pushes Joby back with the torch and, like, maybe gets a lock in his ribcage and he staggers backward and, uh... Ibby takes that opportunity to just like bite one of his legs, like and pull him down to the ground, and just like descends on this undead thing. It's okay, like cracking its skull with its and, teeth. Yeah, and the body comes apart as your spectral dog. Sorry, I always call it spectral. Spiritual dog. It's a smoke <laughs> yeah, dog. It's, I mean, it's fair enough. Yeah, it's in this material plane yes, though. It like is. it's not spectral, no. which is what I always say. So as you bring down your companion upon him. The body disassembles and twitches, but no longer lunges or lurches or tries to right itself. And eventually, as a sort of, I think, an awkward silence settles over the chaotic tunnel here, and you just hear the crashing of waves and the gnawing of this dog and growling, uh, you probably have to tell Ibby to stop at a certain point. Yeah. 
and then you're just all standing here. And what do you do? Uh, Crow will kind of cautiously call out, Is he, is he gone? I, I think so, Crow. But seeing as he came back once, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, she'll kind of very carefully approach and then uh, try to firebolt the still body. You set the corpse alight with fire, uh, and it smells sickeningly sweet in here. <laughs> Barbecue time. Wait, yeah. No. <laughs> Ars yep. prods the smoking pile with his sword and just, you know, it's... wonders aloud to the party like, what abomination is this? I've never seen anything like this before. Mm, he was raised from the dead. It looks like... Not too surprising, I suppose, considering where he died and what we experienced there, but it does kind of raise another question about what really is going on with the Soulmore Manor and that tomb. Uh, Bart is going to go back into the room and I mention, like, I'm going to go see what that teenager the dead one here who they were mm. because that's what he was doing before the combat started sure yeah you approach the dead teenage boy in heavy armor I believe mm -hmm. um yes and what do you want to do you want to like roll an investigation yeah, I check see if I can figure out who it is basically then maybe oh, I mean so well, I'll tell you one thing that we all know yeah. you don't know this person but I know but but, but Bar I, if you want to roll an investigation yeah. check I might be able to give you some information about hey another natural 18 that's cool uh, what's my investigation yeah probably not great yes it is 18 yeah so with an 18 you can tell that you know A this is a young person around Molly's age close enough B the armor Correct me if I'm wrong. Looks new. Looks very new. I've never been used before. No oh. scratches, no yep. dents. Like one scratch across one of the shoulder pads that looks like it could have been done yesterday. Um. Okay. Um, have three. you searched him yet? I don't think because... you've actually fully searched him. Okay. You guys talked in a sort of out-of-character way right. at one yeah. point about what Larry had on him, but no. I mean, like, you could go okay. ahead, Zach, and list Larry's possessions if you'd like. I think I already listed them for um, yeah, for Che uh, earlier. Okay. I don't know if he got them on the list. But um, there would... He does have a note from his mother, uh, which... Yeah. I, had, I had an idea of vaguely what it said... Okay. Um, because to make it too long of a story, you know, Larry believed that his mom was this person who was on a quest. But the note mm. would just say something like, Larry, head it out for a while, be back soon. You know, and then mm -hmm. mom's name. And I, I, I imagine it said something really mundane like, don't forget to pick up food for your dad. Or right. Like, make yeah, sure your dad like, doesn't drink too much. We, so there we... could be something that helps identify him. Sure. I don't want to like create that out of 
you know, whole no, I, I think that that's, that's, that's totally fine for there to be some sort of personal memento that Larry had um, mm -hmm. that connects him to his life. And like, here's what I'll say. You find this, this note um, and it's in a little leather bag that's around his waist, like nestled in with the armor and you're, you're sifting through his possessions. There's like, you know, the, the normal things that a person would have in, in this sort of time where there's like flint and tinder and like some food and this, the food is spoiled by now. Um, you know, it looks like he was kitted out to go adventuring, but this bag is stamped with a sigil. Um, and you recognize the sigil immediately. It looks like it's some sort of corporate logo from the cannery downtown. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's kind of like what yeah. I imagine Bart was doing, was turning out his pockets like, and trying to see yeah. if he had the gust, some sort of, like, absolutely, or, you know, any sort of identity. He seems thing, like so. he's wearing something that would identify him as being either a Rinkobing native or someone who lives in and works in Rinkobing. Right. So if he had a note that just had, like, his first name or something like that, and he had some markings on him, Bart. Yeah. You know, Larry yeah. and, like, markings about... Like, you know, you, you saw it next to Oland House is the cannery. Yeah. You guys were there. Like, you saw the big, uh, I'll say they say like a seashell and a dolphin or something, you know? This, this one's a local. We should. Oh, we should bring the body back to town. Larry was his name. At least I think so. Someone help okay. me with his body. I cannot lift him. He wears heavy armor. We'll go and help and what was a youngin here doing here so well armored and makes no sense what this place this entire place makes no sense it, it does make no sense cars but M M Molly had a way of mm, kind of gathering a crowd I suppose or getting people into trouble friends of hers I suppose she could have been a friend Maybe a bodyguard, seeing as he's so well armored. Here, get get the legs. I'll get the arms. Where are you guys taking him? I mean, Bart Bart is just planning on trying to get the body out of here, but Bart doesn't. Well, yeah. Him. So, like, are you gonna walk back to the? There's like uphill in the cavern, back towards the secret doors. Um, there's also one other notable means of egress. There's a boat. Yeah just found so uh, are you gonna walk back because it's not that crazy either to be like let's not take the boat we're near town let's just walk up walk back um so i just want to know what you're doing yeah. you know what where are you taking the, this person i mean bart doesn't know about the boat yet but if if he hears or goes and investigates it with crow or something like that bart would probably be more yeah uh i mean i would say in the moment or two that you guys are like doing this investigation like you were you were at the cusp Che, of this hallway where you would have a vision around the corner at a, you know, with moonlight streaming in a big cavern. Let me just, if you haven't seen it yet, I'll just move you down there and you can okay. see what I'm talking yeah. about. Like, it's it, it's loud and noticeable okay. that there's waves in a cavern that opens up to the sea. Yep. And it further lends credence to, like, why are there things from the pirates that attacked at the Koyar lighthouse? Why are they here? What's related? Well, there's something nautical here, you know? It ties to the sea quite clearly from this point. So Bart will be partial to the boat, partially because he's not an incredibly strong little goblin and doesn't really want to carry this <laughs> yeah, big old Larry you man. You would have to have t 
two people yeah. carry Larry back. Yep. Oh, and sorry, could, could Cars, as he was, um, could Cars take the liberty when he was poking and prodding Joby just to like do like a quick kind of search through if there's anything of like note on his person? On Larry? Or on Joby, out like on his little Joby. smoking. Oh, remains. I'm sorry. I was like, we just did Larry. No, yeah, yeah. Of course. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, you can you can you look over Joby's body. Absolutely. Um, I'll tell you exactly what you find. You find a set of butchered white clothes, um, that are stained blackish red with the scant amount of blood that was still inside Joby's body, uh, and you find butchered flesh and bone. That's it. How much do you think I can sell that flesh for it back at the um, <laughs> one pound of flesh? No, you uh, you you do notice one thing in your search: no shoes. Uh, hmm. he, this guy like to be in touch. I with think Mother Trees Earth. has been looking at uh, Joby this whole time, like wondering in in their mind, like if I don't know if I've ever if I have encountered something like this before yeah. or. If I know about it, I'm just kind of curious, like what my, my like knowledge yeah. is of like this kind of thing. Let's roll, baby. Roll me a history check. All right. Ooh, natural seventeen plus probably not. Yep, seventeen. <laughs> seventeen. Okay. So <laughs> with a seventeen, what I can tell you is you know. Uh, we heard even in, in Tree's letter, um, you, you said since the conflagration, you know, our people yeah, have I think walked this that's land. Where my mind was heading. Yeah, and you you know the story that is older than any civilization you've ever heard of, um, of where there was a time in the before time where life was different. And then something cataclysmic happened and there was fire and ash and death. And something about the rules of nature were broken during that time, created by some living or unliving entity. You've heard stories, but the zombies that you've encountered and skeletons, mostly like straight up Walking Dead style, like in the woods, overgrown, um, more a part of the landscape than a moving threat. Like this that. is like maybe an indication of more things like this happening. I guess that's I what definitely I'm say so. Yeah, like you, okay. you, you think like you haven't seen um, a body in your entire life this new rise and come back with such force you know you like the the zombies that you've encountered and stories you've heard have always been like either it was a really long time ago or there's unconfirmed reports about it or it turned out to actually just be like someone got bit by something that had been out in the woods laying dormant for a really long time well so i think as cars is going through uh joby's uh, smoldering carcass i'm like yeah uh, I have, I've heard stories of uh, such things as this, though not any time recently. This is uh, kind of worrying. I've never, I've heard of uh, the laws of nature being broken and things like this and coming about, but I've never seen it. I'm a little worried about 
what might be ahead of us in case of this. Bart will uh, kind of sidle back up at this point and be like, yes, the undead are always a bad sign. Never good. You can say that again. <laughs> Incredibly unnatural things. When something dies, it should stay dead. Yeah, Bart, you would know that death is a part of life. Yeah. Without death, uh, you know that the elves, for example, think of death as this endless dance between two gods, Rhea and Lenth, that uh, take turns leading, basically. Um, and without one, the other would not be able to exist. So undeath is just an abomination. It's not something that any druids would condone or practice or even want to know much about. The, the, any stories you've heard? Just ancient times, druids putting undead abominations to the torch. Well, I mean, hmm. Table talky here, really quick. Th there is like the possibility, right, that we haven't investigated all the secret doors, unless I'm misunderstanding, in the previous room. Correct. And then, apart from that, it looks like we've pretty much fully explored this area. Unless there are secret doors in this area, too. I think I think the one thing that I'd like to figure out here is, did, jo uh, did Joby walk out of the water? Like, yeah. did he come from a place, you know, in this in this cave or is there like a place where there's a bunch of dead people you know it, it kind, coming to life it, nearby it kind of sounds the way ben was describing him that he probably did right because he was like wet but i mean we could try to like yeah really, maybe, maybe we can soggy. yeah just do a survival check try to see if we can see tracks yeah i'm back exactly. you want to do some survival checks we want to see if we can track like joby to the water oh okay you want to like look for tracks around yeah. here yeah um no survival check necessary the high tide mark um, you, you look from there and there are clear tracks going to the water. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, our, our, our thought was that Joby like walked out of the water. And it looks like that. Pathway, so. it, it, that is dead on. That is, it looks like that's where he came from. I mean, if you recall, you guys were standing at this intersection here mm -hmm. and he came from this hallway yeah. at you. Um, and where would you think that he was lurking in a cask of brandy? I mean, like he could have been hiding in the boat <laughs> or maybe the last time. When was the last time you remember seeing him? I've never met him before. Yeah. You never Who's met this, this man before. Who is this man? Uh, uh, anybody. The, uh, I think that Bart would go to the, like and look at the boat, like maybe if. Well, before you go, I, mean, I just want to know: uh, Does anyone remember, as a player, when the last time there was a Joby sighting? At the temple. The, the, uh, at the temple. Yeah, he jumped, when Crow jumped went off the cliff. He jumped yeah, off the, the cliff, cliff into the water. In the yeah, water. Sure. So, there you go. My my uh, my memory is failing a bit here, but did the um, people at the jump uh, were they barefoot? Like, was they that were part all of their... barefoot, yeah, and they were wearing white clothing. Yeah. And you saw a person joining hands with other people, and you saw Joby join hands with other people, look at you, and then jump off. The shit did like 
did Crow ice Joby and Joby somehow came back just to like jump off and come back again? What the? <laughs> Well, so you know, when they jump off, they don't die. These people jump right. off and then they right. swim it's, to it's shore. Ceremonial. It's ceremonial. There's a legend that in the before time, they actually jumped off to their deaths. And it was like when someone would lose somebody out at sea, they would then return themselves to the sea so they could be together. Um, that was the so origin of the myth. But now it's, it's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years later in the same spot that this town has been, and they don't do such barbaric practices. You know, they just jump off and then come back. And it's like a cathartic experience when you've just lost a bunch of people in this town that it was raided. Everyone goes and takes a big dunk together and uh, holds each other and sings songs and sways back and forth and they feel better. And then go try to murder an adventuring party. And one of them oh, seemed like he was just in the mix there. Uh, and I remember... Crow, you asking like, uh, or saying something like, ah, so I'm clearly hallucinating. Now yeah. I think you're very, very much doubting that. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely this is the first time where other people have seen Joby related stuff because she's been seeing mm -hmm. signs everywhere of him. Right. Um, so, like, he's been following her essentially. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you guys have determined what happened here, I think, to a large extent. Is there anything else that you want to do? in this cave you said there was a journal in the boat there is a journal like a leather little notebook uh next to this hooded lantern you want to check that out yeah i think setting down yeah. larry's body maybe open yeah we flip through it. move larry's body you guys are gonna leave joby's remains there Bart is not attached. we can cross that bridge uh in a minute now, i'll read to you what you find in the journal um uh, and by the way, here is some artwork provided from the adventure here of what this scene could look like if you had a different party composition. Should be visible in Roll20. Ooh, hmm. I like it. And this one has a dragonborn and a halfling and a tiefling standing at the mouth of the cave with the boat. Super um, cool. Yeah, and they have a torch like, ooh. Uh, it almost looks like they came into the cavern from the sea in this version. Yeah. I think, um, which who knows, maybe that could have been another path you could have gone. Uh, so you, you guys are looking at this journal and where did I leave that? Where did I leave my journal? <laughs> uh, okay. So on this, I'm going to need you, whoever's going to read it. Uh, we can do it one at a time. Uh, Bart, you want to check it out first? Yeah. You can make me a, a uh, intelligence investigation check to determine what you're looking at. Um, because what you're looking at is not writing in common. It's like a series of lines and dashes and dots. And it's not plain Morse code either. Okay. The old 14 for Bart Bartholomew's Fudd. 14 yeah that succeeds and you uh you determine that there's a crude sort of like uh runic symbols they're using here to uh note what these meanings are and it's uh similar enough to some other languages you're just able to piece piece it together and so you i'll paste it in chat okay you you get a code book basically it's got a couple of codes in it and um suggests that there's also like a, a log that has been in here of times and dates that it seems like cargo was exchanged at a rendezvous. Um, hmm. But in Rule 20, I will post the uh, thing here. 
So long, short, short says, uh, uh, is it safe? Then short, long, short, long is everything safe. Then long, long, long is ready to unload, come to the ship. And so you, you sort of see that there's like little recorded uh, conversations in here. And it seems like the ship initiates uh, with the land here and says, is it safe? And then the land responds and says, everything is safe. And then when that's been received, the ship says again, ready to unload, come to the ship. And it looks to you that they would take this small boat out and unload the cargo into this cave. And we remember this is the same. <clears throat> is it the same? No, they used slightly different shorthand at the pier, didn't they? They did use different shorthand, but there was signaling going on between the cart and the boat. That was another example of a hooded lantern and signaling between a boat and a landbound party. Uh, but that one was in pretty much plain sight in the town yeah. versus this is like in an abandoned mansion on a sea cliff you know, you look out facing out there and um, it doesn't take a lot to remember either that to the south of you is a sandbar where they say a certain rendezvous point is from a document that you recovered at the Koyar Lighthouse. <laughs> this area has some things going on in it and you're you're getting pieces of the code. Yeah. What do you guys think about it in character? I want to know. And out of character. I mean, I'm just very curious because I've been sitting on some of this information for a very long time and waiting for you guys to uncover it. Um, so out of character, I think um, kind of leaving aside the specifics of the smuggling operation, I think what happened here is the operation was disrupted by Joby or things like him. Because mm. if you remember, Joby was extremely strong. And when we found evidence of fighting you know, up above, there was a case mm -hmm. where like someone's gun had been bent up at a 90-degree angle. You know, stuff this like that true. had been, been happening. So, And it looks like they left in a jiffy here. Yeah. Yeah. And since the boat is here, they probably did not leave via this cave. They probably left a different way. I wonder if it was the uh, out of character again, the pirates that were fighting the kids, right? Molly and them. Our green eyed friend. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. If they... <clears throat> the man with the piercing green eyes, you learned by the letter, uh, is named something. Bo Sand Bullet. Sand Bullet. Sand Bullet. Yeah, his name's Sand Bullet. Sam Bullet. Sam the Bullet. Sand Bullet. I um, think there's some dark. <laughs> black market human trafficking going on here with these uh with these smuggler piratey folk and these and the bullywogs i think it's all one big dark operation guys and we got a crack and this manor above us is also a pizza shop it's known right wow <laughs> it's an it's a pizza shop you nailed it yeah. actually was when you compare it to like, like the... okay <laughs> <laughs> I That's knew it. it. Book over. God. You're done. The adventure's solved. No. Yep. So, okay. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying just listening to you guys talk about what you think is going on here, and I think it's very productive and fruitful. So, please continue, or tell me what you do, and we'll keep going from there. Um, 
I can't think of any other actions to take like regarding the the conspiracy at the moment. I think we have to just keep exploring yeah. this this fight. I think or, um, go ahead. I was saying that the crow would like to take a rest if possible, or mm-hmm. get healed in some other way because she's still pretty bad off. I think that makes sense, Bart. I've got this fancy wand. Ooh, right. Mm. Haven't used that yet. You guys did do some shopping. Uh, that's a wand of cure wounds, correct? Uh, yes. Yep. Uh, how many charges is in your wand right now? We've got twelve. Twelve left. charges. Beautiful. And so. Um, for those of you who missed the deleted scenes, um, in this world, very much like third edition Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder, um, some spells can be bound to wands instead of scrolls. And so when giving my players here the option to buy items, uh, I just made a slightly different itemization for buying charges of the spell Cure Wounds, which has some different utility than a healing potion. It will still never replace the ability to non-magically, you know, pour a healing potion down somebody's throat, or for a fighter like Karzalek to quaff a healing potion in combat, but if you are somebody with the ability to spellcast, you can utilize this wand and get a little bit of a gold discount over time by buying this item instead of, you know, something else. So, well, thank you for coming to my TED Talk on healing itemization <laughs> in 5th edition. Um, but yeah, so you, you want to take a couple of hits off that wand? I think I'd ra- uh, if we're not doing anything tonight, I might just use my spells first because this uh, this wand is pretty nice, and there it doesn't use my spells, spells, right? You feel like you guys are are gonna burn some spells and go to bed? I mean, that's a reasonable approach. I'm not sure what our plan is. I don't, I don't know I either. Don't, I think sort of short rest. Yeah, too. Bart's Bart's initial feeling here would be to like load the body up into the boat, maybe put the remains in the boat do a once over to make sure they didn't miss anything, like go back over the steps, because it looks kind of like we've explored this whole area, but go over everything one more time. And then if that doesn't give us anything, then short rest and scoot. Or scoot to where? We'll take the boat out and go it's back curious. to town. We, we can do the short rest too. Is what I go would, back to town. Yeah, okay. is what I, is what yeah, I would yeah. think, like, because it looks like we've seen everything down here from what Bart has seen. So I'm not like particularly okay, keen so on sleeping let's, here. Does, does anyone object to that course of action? No. no. I think if I see Bart looking around for things, though, I'm going to give him my last inspiration. Okay. To uh, you... try to see something special. Yeah, you give him a little pep talk or something on, uh, you know, good job back there. and You got you a go. good eye on you, gobbling. Yeah, there you go. Thank you for, for doing that. Two of um, so... Oh, Yes. <laughs> Of course. So, two good eyes on you, Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> let's resolve a couple of things then. Um, go ahead and let's do real quick any of the healing you want to do. Spells wise. Well, we're short resting. Yeah, I'm sure. Or if you want a short rest instead of burning healing spells, then do yeah. that. I I have a I have a super wacky idea that's not the most efficient, <laughs> but more a little more story wise. <laughs> I'm all the way here for it. Tell me. I I I. Uh, I, well, I'm kind of finding the right moment. I want, like, you know, we we, we know out of character that, you know, Crow's been having some serious issues. But I uh-huh. think uh, Joby. But I think yeah. now with this fight, like, Cars kind of has, like, an idea, like, okay, like, Crow might be hurting in more ways than one, not factoring the, you yeah. know, jo- like, throat punch. So, <laughs> like, if Bart is, like, down to explore, like, Cars would go so far to suggest, you know, Cars, like, you know, you two, if, if, um, you know, be safe, explore the rest of this area. I'll hang back with Crow and looks like we could use a rest 
And in that sense, like, you know, we can have knock out two birds with one stone in this where like, you know, Crow can begin resting. You know, Cars wants to talk to her about this stuff. And if Bart wants to explore with trees, they can see if they can uncover more, you know, take 20 or take 10 and then really just yeah. Yeah. search the walls. Take your time. Yep. That makes sense. If you want to like take the time where, you know, one. So taking 20 in, in general, my my home rule for that, because it's not an actual rule in fifth edition is like it takes whatever you're trying to do. It takes a full hour at least to mm-hmm. do whatever you're trying to do. Um, uh, and that's basically in a situation where, for those unfamiliar, certain things, say you're say you're climbing up a sand dune and it's really steep. And every time you climb up, it's a DC five to climb up this sand dune without one of the shelves collapsing under you. And you roll a one and you roll a two and you roll a three and you roll a four. And then you roll all those numbers again over and over and over and over again. Theoretically, someday, eventually you're going to roll a five and you're going to find something or get up the hill or, you know, in this case, look for stuff is what you're at you guys are asking for and you're going to take all the time that you think you would need to get a good result thinking that there is on my end not something that says they get one check and then if they'd miss the check it's not there or something yeah you know or it, it's gone so i'm fine with that because what you're doing is looting which is a perfect example of when to take 10 when to take 20. if there's no threat that you can perceive and you just want to comb over the place, we can totally do that. So I think Bart would take 20, uh, thinking basically like, you know, like this is the one lead that he has on Molly, and he's going to be sure. damned if he's going to leave here without, like, you know, okay. people checking his steps. And I'm helping with the mage hand torch. Okay. Because <laughs> I know cool. that he can't see. There you <laughs> go. I love that. I love the mage hand torch. Uh, okay. So, and then Karzalek and Crow are resting. Yep, and so I guess, um, yeah, if it helps, that would kind of simplify the orders yeah. of, like, resolution. If we can either do, like, I don't forget, it might be a long conversation, it might be a short conversation between Cars sure. and Crow, but then I know we can also then, or we can yeah. resolve, like, Bart and Treese's investigation first. Yeah, yeah, let's do the investigation, and then we'll do a little scene, a little aside with the two of you while you're resting. Sounds good. Um, okay, so do you guys have an idea of where you want to start or you you want to do the adjoining caverns like what what tell me how you want to do this taking 20 uh, like what are you specifically doing bart would be kind of like um giving a once over a brief once over to these natural caves but is definitely much yeah. more interested in the fact that the other previous cavern okay. had a secret door going off of it that was hidden okay so, so you find wants to go back in here and really do the majority of his searching or in the, in the you find 14 casks of brandy okay and you find one two three four five six seven eight uh eight i'm missing the word it's right in front of me um uh eight spools or reams of uh silk fabric Okay, that's um, actually kind of interesting. Bolts. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's what's been laying around what looked like was either unloaded or to be loaded into the next boat. Uh, and it's just been sitting there. It's in fine condition. Like, they, they put it on pallets and stuff, and it's it's dry. Um, you head back to the secret door, and you find the sleeping areas of all of these people. You assume pirates just by the general smuggler's den sort of vibe here um you find a a dinner table that looks like when you're really looking at it with a critical eye uh people left in a hurry there's plates with rotting food on it 
um, no one cleaned up. Um, and you don't think they would have left that. Um, there's water still in the pot and unburned logs in the fire. Um, back in Captain Sanbales, uh room. Let me see here. I have to pull up a different handout here. Um, um, you, so you get back to Sanbalet's room, and there's a volume of erotic poetry, which is fully illustrated. Mm. A naval almanac listing tide times for the area around the town of Rinkoping. Uh, a total of 100 miles of coastline is covered by this book. Uh, and a treatise concerning the demigod that seems to rule over the kingdom of Lulz, where the vendor that you talk to comes from. Okay. <laughs> and there's some sort of, like, god-king of that place. Uh, and this is a treatise concerning that god-king and his minions. Um... Inside this third book is a sheet of parchment featuring a few simple words and phrases in the common tongue and their equivalents in goblin and uh, a script that you do not recognize. Uh, I know there's a lot. Um, so the words include stop, fight, lift, and come. So like keywords used to instruct somebody to do something. So here's a translation document for goblin, common, and a language that you don't recognize. Okay. Um, there's a bullseye lantern in here. Um, you could estimate that if you were to sell those books at a librarian's fancy or something, uh, they would each be worth 10 gold pieces. You could also hold on to them. Um, there's a fancy floor-length oilskin coat worth five gold pieces, and it hangs in the wardrobe. Its sleeves contain numerous empty pockets, and it's trimmed in an iridescent green silk. Hmm. Um, you're, like, gathering all the stuff, I, I presume? Yep, writing it down. Okay, make me, um... You've, you've been talking mostly here. I imagine maybe Trees goes over there and finds this. Um, trees, make me an investigation check. Oh, boy. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's a natural 20. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Let me pull this shit up here. Um, wow. Very cool. Very Plus cool zero. <laughs> investigation? Uh, investigation, yeah. Never mind. It's a 19, then. Well, okay, 19. You have a minus to that? I have a minus one to investigation. Amazing, amazing. Um, you still find something in a secret pocket inside this cloak. I was into this coat. So you this were cloak, into so, yeah. this. You were checking it out. You were, you're feeling it, and you feel a lump Put it on. inside it. And you're like, wait a second. And you feel, and there's like, you know, from your time traveling the world and kind of rubbing elbows with some of the shadier types, you just know that someone sewed something into this cloak, like, in case of emergency. Um, and you take a dagger, and you sort of open it up, and mm -hmm. inside is a spell book. Oh, um, And I'm going to list to you the spells that are inside the spell book. 
Uh, let's start with cantrips. Dancing Lights, Minor Illusion, and Ray of Frost. You guys writing this down? <laughs> yep. Okay. First level spells. Charm Person. Color Spray. Magic Missile. And Silent Image. And finally, second level spells. Magic Mouth. And Scorching Ooh. Ray. And just purely... Uh, out of of character here and out of the the game. Uh, when you guys entered that room up top, uh, and it was like, "Welcome, fools! Welcome to your doom." That was the magic mouth spell. Yeah. That's how that works. Very so, freaking cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anybody can actually use a spell book in a direct way in this party at this moment, but this is something that you guys find. Um, I'm like looking over it and I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I only recognize <laughs> one spell, which is silent image. Like, yeah. Oh, this seems <laughs> oh, I know that one. A little weird, but yeah. it's not how I do it. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So then there's also uh, a small wooden box in one of the drawers that you're able to toss. Uh, and the small wooden box contains the following. 12 candles. Flint and steel. A piece of parchment that details Sanballat's method of communicating with the ship in the same way that the document in the journal does. Clearly tying Sanballat to, if you weren't sure already, whatever the operation was here, he was, you know, he was reading up on the code at night. Uh, moving on from this room, as you feel like there's nothing left in there, um, let me see. So you guys went in there with the other party and took things. Um, you find one rib bone uh, in the pile of bones. That is a little odd. Um, and it's gilded. And then you find uh Five more like it as you sift through Oof. the bones. So we have six. And golden. you find six gilded rib bones from these skeletons um, that are each worth five gold pieces. Um, also, uh, who, who's who's doing... Uh, it could be you, Bart, maybe, who's doing the, the skeletons here. Sure. Okay. You, um, you're sifting through these bones. They're just totally inert and dead. And you find uh, among in the back room that looks like it was on fire, you find uh, a stone that looks like it was not affected by the fire, and it radiates a faint amount of magic. Hmm. Can I do some chacaronis to figure out what the heck it is? Eh, you can do an arcana check on it. I am average at those. That is a good roll for just a 16, no bonuses, so... I will identify it successfully. Um, okay, this is a Luckstone. Um, so let's look up Luckstone here. Um, I can just call Stone it. of good luck. Um, so while this polished stone is on your person, gain a plus one to ability checks and saving throws. Damn, that's nice. nice. Pretty sweet item, right? It does require tunies. You need to attune to it, yeah. But it just has to be on your person. It's not even a slot. 
pecking um, Paul the, the, the illustration the illustration in the book is a cat head I think uh, trees could definitely benefit from it <laughs> Okay, yeah, like, like, negative uh, one like to cat. most ability <laughs> <some laughs> checks. So I mean, yeah, so that's that's pretty amazing then for you. Could kind of negate some of your minuses and make you at least average at stuff. Um I don't know how you guys want to do it, but that's an item that you found. Yep, it's in the sheet. Okay. Moving right along. Uh you guys exit the skeletonized rooms uh and past Sanbalet's chambers again. You enter the chamber with the rot grubs, and you really don't find much in there. It's like a bunch of spoiled wine, smashed glass, broken barrels and casks. Um, do you guys go upstairs and toss the rest of the house? Because there's a two-story mansion yeah. up there. So I want to I want to loot that chest that we saw that we didn't loot that I have the notes for in yeah. the document. Which one was that? It has 49 gold it's in just, it uh, and 410 silver. Oh. So you pick up the heavy metal yeah, coins. We carry it back like in the boat. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, is that, but I guess to be clear, though, you're going upstairs into the rest of the mansion. Or are we going to continue this process? Because I think that would take potentially another hour of time okay. to uh, I have a fully explore all this. Bart stuff. has a memory of seeing a desk in the room on the right while going down the hallway to the. Yes, there were definitely like desks and libraries and studies mm -hmm. and all sorts of rooms. You guys also did not go to the upstairs at right. all, I would say, with either party. Yeah. Yeah, so that's more of a do together kind of thing, I think. <laughs> Or we could always put the party. Let's. Yeah. You could I always. Think always. I'm fine with us, uh, like sticking here for now for what we've done. Okay, so you guys make it back. Yeah, trees. You agree with that? Yeah, I think trees is uh, lingering a little too long on the er erotic poetry. Stuffs <laughs> him into the new cloak and then makes his <laughs> way. Oh, yeah. Not selling <laughs> that one. All right, <laughs> moving on. I absolutely okay. love how Trees is slowly assembling a really gaudy, like, pirate outfit, <laughs> one piece at a time. With erotic poetry included. Yeah. With the cloak of billowing, too. Cloak of billowing, <laughs> and you can read the erotic poetry as your bardic performance? Ooh, yeah. I would love that. Let's uh, do it. Man. Maybe not on the, okay. on the podcast. Yeah, but. like, you just say, I read erotic poetry, and then you just there leave you it at that. Um, yeah, that, that was good enough for me. Yeah, that's good enough for me, too. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Lines and veils. Did you guys you guys get back right? You're 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 all back together. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess we get back once they have their short rest together. Yep. Okay. And an hour has passed. It is now the middle of the night. Uh, when you arrived here, it was like sundown. Now it's it's full dark, and uh, you see the stars. The clouds have sort of dissipated a little bit, and uh, the weather changes changes quick around here at the mouth of the fjord where it goes out to sea. And it is pretty clear now compared to your last few days in Rinkobing. You can see the stars. Right. Well. Okay. Now what? Well, yeah, what is the... It's kind of funny. This is what I, oh, Bart sorry? is asking. Where is the intimate RP? What What did Cars <laughs> like hanging out? say to... I want to hear where, this Where movie. is the intimate platonic RP, guys? <laughs> oh, Come on. Man. It was... The juice. We can do the that. <laughs> Once we um, launch the Patreon, maybe we'll. I just, we'll I just want to say that, um, I, like, I imagine the guys going off to like explore the rest of like the, um, you know, that part of the manor, 
And like yeah. because both Crow and Cars have like dark vision, I imagine them just sitting in like this cave in the middle of the dark, but they're like, okay, because they're like, it's fine. We can, we can yeah. see it's like pitch black. It's just totally normal, but you're sitting in complete blackness in a cave with like faint starlight coming in. <laughs> yeah. This is it's totally, it's totally fine and normal for you guys. I mean, watching, watching the waves. Watching yeah. yep. the waves. Yep. Man, the stars are pretty tonight. It's, it's no, really uh, pretty. All, it is, I mean, I'm sure sitting in a sea cave at low tide. And looking out at the stars in like a Nordic environment, that sounds gorgeous. Like, come on. That's amazing. <laughs> but anyway. I, I do actually, one of my starting items was fishing tackle. So we could actually you know fish right sit now? here and fish. <laughs> you want to try fishing for me? Or like, I actually don't think I would have carried thing? a fishing rod into the... I mean, that's fine. <laughs> I was fully prepared to have you roll for that. But all right. Um, oh my God. Fishing. All roll right. for fishing. Well, yeah. I think, Cars I think is, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I, I said, uh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. No, Cars just, he's, you know, he didn't, I don't think anyone knew the scope of Crow's issue, but Cars finally got a hint. And so they're just sitting there and, you know, resting. Cars, you know, he'll like, you know, Crow and he'll mess, he'll kind of like nudge or wave his head towards, you know, where Joby and the fight went down and just start with just like, are you okay? I'm not sure, Cars. I mean, and he's like, yeah, not referring to like the wounds is like not, not your physical wounds, but are you, are you all right? I, I know what you mean, Cars, and I truthfully do not know. Um, I've been seeing Joby everywhere and I thought that I could run away from him, but apparently I can't. And hopefully this is it. Cars <sighs> palms out his... He's his uh, badge of like badges of guardsman and just kind of looks at it and you know crow I learned I've had to live by a very strict set of rules in Schloss Gletcher for most of my life and what happened in that graveyard back then I can't blame you for that none of us were expecting that and it all began with we're just trying to find your friend I know we're just trying to find Molly and it must be frustrating even now to not have the slightest idea of where she may be. Cars, I, I don't feel guilty about it. I'm just really scared. Cars is gonna kind of just shake his head, like, not, or like nod his head. Just, I see. I want you to know, you have us, we your friends, those from Schloss Gletcher, we look out for one another. And we do, we'll do what we must to find Molly. Within reason, of course. <laughs> uh, Crow nods and she kind of uh, pauses for a minute and then she really quietly asks Cars what do you think happens when you die? on that for a minute you, do you want to know before you answer what your people would think? What you would that would be yeah, thank you. That's playing exactly into um, what Cars would first say. It's, well, cool. I believe you could get a hundred different answers depending on who you asked. But, but for us dwarves and us in Clan Olacral, and uh, if you'd like to elucidate me, if there's yeah. a yeah, exactly. I was essentially gonna say, you know, your people say one thing, other people say different <clears throat> things. But what you know is that, um, 
The dwarves that believe in the pantheon of dwarven gods believe in a realm after death where you go and your soul is with the souls that it loved during its lifetime in this iteration. And uh, there's a sort of Valhalla-like branch of this Nordic world tree. There's a sort of uh, peaceful, tranquil branch. And it's like you go into the great tree and remain there. And that's a sort of common um, perception of the afterlife, not even just among dwarves, but among all cultures that use the dwarven script as their main language, to be technical about it. Um, it's sort of like this this Nordic concept of a, of a Yggdrasil tree, you know, where this plane is only one of many. And when you die here, it is not over. Mm. Okay, thank you so much. And so riffing yeah. off that, Cars will basically close out that, uh, that explanation with, I believe that Joby is with those that he loves and cares about. But, but this, again, motioning towards the hallway, there's something here far beyond anything I understand. And I just hope Molly isn't mixed up in it as well. All the more reason to continue our search to find her, don't you say? That sounds good, Cars. And cool. the two other companions come back after some food was eaten, some bandages applied, some conversations had. And you guys are all together again in the uh, the cavern by the sea. Um, what's the plan here, you guys? After they have that serious moment, Trees comes in with the fabulous cloak, the <laughs> fabulous cloak, and the 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 other cloak of billowing. He's like, check all this cool shit out. <laughs> is, it's, is that a porno? <laughs> oh, you. Oh, uh, Sticking yeah. out of your pocket of one of your multiple <laughs> yeah. clothes that you're yeah, wearing. Yeah, yeah. I found we found we found some some interesting uh, art. You could say hottest to goblins cars. of the eastern realms. Yeah, <laughs> it just says it just says uh, rated R on the top. Is what it says. Oh God! It's <laughs> some of these pages are stuck together. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. And you guys are all back together, but for reals, what do you do? <laughs> Um, Apart, trees. Did you find anything? Well, aside from the things I showed him, did you find anything useful upstairs? Hmm. Couple of things. Nothing amazing. This, this rock. And he's gonna toss the agate, agate up and down. It looks like a rock to you, Karzalek. Something magical about it. <laughs> I feel. <laughs> I feel good about possessing this rock in general. I feel really yeah. good about this rock. <laughs> I want you to raise his eyebrow like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, you sat here and you talked about life and death. I went, I found a really yeah, cool watch. rock. Bart is gonna, Look Bart, at this. Bart, Bart is going to hold the rock and he's going to be like, feeling good. He's going to set it down on the ground. Yeah. Not feeling <laughs> as good. Pick it back up. Feeling good. <laughs> must be magical. That's good. That's really good. Yeah, like, you can't see, when I say, like, you see a faint aura of magic radiating. Cars like doesn't see that. Right. He doesn't see it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> um, Bart is going to like throw all this stuff in the boat and then be like, well, I figure I I think we have gained at least one thing in that and it's going to point at the dead body of Larry and be like, we know this one is a local named Larry. It's close to the same age as Molly. 
So perhaps we go find out where he came from. Maybe answers there. I agree, Bart. I, I think the question I have is, do we want to spend any more time at this place? Not by ourselves, I imagine. If if we want to venture back up into the manor, I'm not opposed to the idea. I would just ask we would do it quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say if we'll find anything else as as good of a lead as this uh, this poor half elf. What say you, trees? Kaiselek, should we head back up into the manor and see what lies in the top floor? I don't ever want to come back here again. Okay. Say that's okay. Put <laughs> <laughs> this. All right, like Katina. Let's let's put this poor boy here in the boat. Let's finish our search and just get out here and never look back. All right. Good enough for me. Um. Part will uh, start pushing the boat out into the bay then, unless anybody objects. Well, so wait, didn't you guys just decide that you're gonna go search? Oh yeah, so yeah, so Car is like he yeah. wants to, he wants yeah, he said they are sorry, they'll load, uh, put Larry in the boat, but then like finish their search okay. and like just get the hell out of there. Yeah. Okay. Well then, uh, we will not do that, and then we'll maybe just stow these yeah. things in the boat and like tie it back up and cover it with a yeah, just leave it I mean, tied we, and we, load it up with the stuff that you have and, and cover it with one of the big things of, of silk. Yeah. Make sure to bring it in because it's low tide right now. It is low yeah, tide. Good idea. And as you guys have spent an hour there, you did I see minus that two it is gun. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't take a rocket <laughs> scientist with Karzalek and, and Crow sitting there for an hour in a sea cave. Like you notice that the water does get a bit closer over the span of time that you've been waiting there. And you wonder if, you know, how, I don't know how long it will take you to search the upstairs, but you know, you wonder if it would be safe to to leave later. Yeah, that way. A fine question. We'll find out, I suppose. You you will, but right now, I I know I'm a broken record. But what do you actually do? You load up the thing, and then you load it up, and we go to the second floor, baby. Yeah, load it up, you go back up, up the stairs. Okay. okay, round two, baby. Okay. Round two. <laughs> I think we I think we do drag the boat somewhere where it's not going to like float away. Drag it farther up to the high water mark. Yeah, like, yeah I think yes. so. just to keep it safe. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You drag it up and you <clears throat> unfasten it from the boulder and you you carefully stow it in a way that you think that even at high tide it would be safe. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And then you make your way back upstairs. Um passing which way? The um the secret staircase? Or the one through the secret fireplace with the rock grubs and that staircase where uh, Cordell Brookie told you the story about coming down into the wine cellar, which is where the I rock grubs were. I see we take the Cordell were. route. Yeah, we haven't been there yeah, yet. Let's okay. Okay. Take the Cordell route and go back up. Okay. Beautiful. Um, and then you guys are in this room here. Um, let me tell you what's in this room. Hold on. It was a kitchen, right? This is... This scullery uh, displays the effects of damp and decay more than most. Mold grows in patches on the floor, walls, and ceiling. A large copper cask, split, discolored, and empty, stands under the window. That's the one Karzalek's looking out. 
uh, underneath it is a small heap of crockery shards. Uh, stairs lead down into what is presumably a cellar. You would read if the players came in this way. <laughs> okay. Um, well, and then you want to move on from here? Yes. I guess okay. I, I remember now. This is the hallway. I remember. There was the hallway that you guys entered and the well outside. Yep. This is the back door. So you guys want to move on, though? Where are you going? This is a door, right? This is a door right there. You want to go out that door and in the next room? Let's do it. Go. Okay. Go, Bart, go. I'm moving you. Trigger the booby uh, trap. <laughs> hey, Bart, do you want me to, uh, do you want me to light another torch? Uh, please, I'm, I'm, uh, I can't see anything as I open the door. <laughs> All right, you got it. <laughs> Let me lead the way. I can't yeah, see shit. Like, trip, 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 so, I accidentally light the torch on the wall and the entire place comes down. <laughs> that would be quite the end. But instead, you guys enter this next room and uh, Bart's in the lead. And this kitchen is dirty and damp with patches of gray mold and cobwebs on the floor, walls, and ceiling. In the southeast corner is some iron cooking equipment with a chimney above. Next to it, under the window, is a cracked and discolored stone sink. To the right of the sink, a small closed wooden cupboard is fixed to the wall about five feet above floor level. Against the far wall, a flight of wooden stairs leads upwards from west to east. The woodwork of the staircase is decayed and a few of the treads are missing. The cupboard is empty and the stairs lead to a dark room above. What do you do? Let's go up the stairs. Well, uh, was there a closed cabinet as well? There's a closed room? cabinet, oh. yes. We should check that out. Good idea. Okay. I'm probably going to like, uh, carefully check it. Make sure like, there's that not is a... um, this square here. You'd have to okay. enter the room I here and then come over that cabinet. Um, and it's like under the stairs. This the stairs. listening in it to make sure there's not like more grubs about to <laughs> jump out. Sorry, I, I misspoke. It's not. Um, it's not under the stairs. It's at the base of the stairs, and then the stairs gotcha. go from your from your left to your right. Um, and so you listen at the cupboard. Is what you're saying? Yeah, kind of like carefully, you know. All right. Jiggle the handle, kind of like if you're checking to see if you have a rat. And kind of sure. Give me a perception check. Okay. Solid six. Six. Yeah, it's it sounds like a cupboard. You jiggle the okay. handle. It's safe. I open it. You open it. From your okay. from your cupboarding skills in the past. And you open up this cupboard, and as soon as you do, your arm is grasped by a giant insectoid tendril that reaches out from inside the cupboard and it snaps its giant mandibles at you as it rips into your flesh or at least your clothing and we'll have to find out which one <laughs> next week. <laughs> What is the end I was hoping for with that? Day? There you go. I'm happy, oh, happy to be the one. Let's go back up into the mansion. Let's go back into the mansion. What's in this cupboard? Horrible oh. bugs. <laughs> <laughs>